Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. Try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Sarah, what do you know about uh, this is really obscure television program called I Love Lucy? Um, okay, I think it invented comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, from the way people talk about I Love Lucy today, I have heard so many interviews with so many comedians right. who cite I Love Lucy as a very early influence. Like, it's weird to me because... No, weird. It makes perfect sense. But it's also kind of funny to me because of all those Nick and Night shows, I don't remember watching I Love Lucy that much. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, when I was a kid, that one didn't grab me as much. I think I was less into the black and white shows, though, which, fair enough. Kids like uh, exciting, bright colors, fast moving, like boom, boom, booms. But uh, yeah, for whatever reason, that was not one that I loved. I definitely saw some of it, but it wasn't my fave. It's that's so interesting because for me as a kid that one really grabbed me because be, because it was so low stim, I think like it was just oh. it wasn't stimulating. So suddenly it was like, well, the only thing here is the words. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of and, like and her faces. Let's not yeah, but discredit. The but you know what I mean? Comedy. Like there's there's not yeah. a lot of flash. There's not like big complicated sets. Yeah. It's entirely the performances. Mm-hmm. Absolutely correct, and the text. Yeah. You know, um, as opposed to something like, you know, you're watching Star Trek TNG as a kid and you're like, come on, show the show the exterior, show the exterior. Stop talking about what's out there. Show it, show it, show it, show it. And then they show it. You're like, yes, <laughs> giant space slug, baby, on the outside of the docking bay. <laughs> Galaxy's Child. It's one of my favorite episodes. Oh, OK. Uh, as you were saying, giant space slug, baby, I went. That could be a real episode, or you could be just like word salading something that sounds vaguely Star Trek-y. Right. Could go either way. But it's interesting because thinking about some of the shows that we're talking about this season, I don't have a lot of memories of them specifically. Like, mm-hmm. I remember a texture or a feeling or whatever, but with I Love Lucy, I could still recite for you 25, you know, going on 30 years later. Yeah. Entire bits. Oh, wow. Like... I remember one specifically where she's talking about she's trying to catch someone who's on a she's chasing someone and they get on a ferry and then she runs up to the ferry dock and the 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 ferry is pulling away from the dock and she runs and leaps and just barely makes it onto the ferry. Unfortunately, she jumps onto a ferry that's returning instead of the one that's leaving. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's like she just it's all verbal description. It's not you know you don't see any of this. And that, that, I think that's like a prime example of the show. It's like they, they don't yeah, give you this action scene. Yeah, I was wondering as you're describing scene. this. I'm like, I can't picture this. This is not the yeah. kind of thing they would normally show no, on but it's that like, show. You know, she comes Outdoor home. shooting? What? Yeah. She comes no. home and she's like, I think maybe her hair is wet or something. Yeah. And she, set, she gives this explanation. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just like a lot of like very like physical bits as well. Things like that that happened. Uh, so I'm, I'm really keen to see this now. And kind of look at how they're using the sort of like stagey three camera setup. Because I, I think it's, I have a suspicion that it's going to be something a little bit more like Cheers, which I've been watching recently. Yeah. Where they kind of have these longer takes and they let the performances grow and play off of each other in a way that you wouldn't in a single camera setup for a yeah. sitcom. So yeah. Uh, there's a woman named Lucy and she's married to Ricky. Yeah. Ricardo. Yeah, Ricky Ricardo, and... She has, like, a friend. There's, like, a couple that they're friends with, right? Yeah, I believe the, um, they're they're friends with... 
Oh God, I have a I have a couple name in my head, mm-hmm. and it might be from a different TV show, Fred and Ethel. But that might that might I mean, be from another show. But that sounds right. It sounds like the name of a couple from that time period. Yeah. My impression is that this couple lives in the same building as them. It's possibly like the building owners or managers or something like that. Or they're the next door neighbors or upstairs or downstairs neighbors. They have some kind of they're friends, but I think there's some aspect of that relationship that might occasionally be antagonistic. Right, and there's also like a there's kind of a. a uh, uh, Seinfeld kind of thing where it's like their front door is like a revolving door and people. Oh yeah, they're always just in coming and in and out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Ricky is a musician uh-huh. because the characters were based on themselves. Right. Um, Lucille Ball and Des Arnaz. She still got to be Lucy in the show. I don't know why he didn't get to still be Desi. Maybe they were like, mm, that name's too ethnic. Too too many C. Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Rick. Anyway, um. So I he's a, I think in the show he is a musician, right? And he has like a nightclub show. I think that's where the Ricky I want to be in the show thing. The two catchphrases wow. from that show that people always reference are Ricky, I want to be in the show. And Lucy, you got some splaining to do. That's so funny because the, the one that I always remember is Lucy, I'm home. Oh my God. Yeah, that too. Which is, that's another thing where it's like that was referenced in Hercules, the animated yeah, film yeah. in the 90s. Because that was like 97. And it's like, is it James Spader who plays Hades? Whatever, whoever plays Hades. It's some, James Woods? James Woods, you're right. James Woods. Funny guy, James Woods. <laughs> but uh, James Woods does it. Zeusy, I'm home. You know, and it's like, why, you're referencing a TV show from 30 years ago. I, honestly, I, I felt like... Just side note, that was my least favorite Disney movie because yeah. it made way too many pop culture references. And I was like, come on. But, like, that's such an odd cut. Yeah. Like, yeah. even for pop culture references, because, like, most of the stuff in that movie is very, very of the moment. And I wonder if what, like, let them work that in is the fact that I Love Lucy was still a perennial rerun favorite. Yeah. All the way up to the 90s that, like... Because I got the, not only did I remember seeing the reference in the movie, but like I got the reference. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I immediately went, oh, obviously the two lines are, I want to be in the show and you've got some explaining to do. And I had completely forgotten about Lucy, I'm home. But as soon as you said it, my brain just like did that thing where it was like, oh my God, of course, that used to be so pervasive. I feel like I have not heard that reference in a long time. I feel like I've heard that you've got some explaining to do in recent years. But the Lucy and Home used to be everywhere. Yeah. It was it was a meme. Like, it was a huge thing. People referenced it all the time in all sorts of different contexts. It's so weird that I forgot it. But now, as soon as you reminded me, I'm remembering how pervasive it was. God. But yeah. I wonder uh, which... I mean, pr- I bet you will hear Lucy and Home, but maybe not the other two in the pilot, you know? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That's the thing with pilots. You never know when, if, if any of the iconic things were there from the get-go. Uh, one last bit of housekeeping before we go watch this pilot. I just wanted to let everyone at home know we're watching the first aired episode. I know there was the unaired pilot. Yes. Which we may watch at some other point. We were thinking about doing a theme season around unaired pilots. But yeah. for now, we want to see america's first side of lucy so yeah. we're gonna go with that we've we've talked about it in the past and we have always gone with the the first aired episode uh especially if it's a reshot pilot yeah um 
definitely want to do maybe a whole season of, of unaired pilots or something like that. But yeah, you know, when we did Buffy, we did the aired pilot. So mm-hmm. it only felt right to stick with that. Yeah. There's at least one other show we'll be doing this season, little tease that had an unaired pilot. And uh, we'll talk about that then. All right. Well, let's go watch I Love Lucy. Let's go get ill. I L L. I love Lucy. That's good. Hashtag let's get ill. Why didn't I think of this before? Who are you calling? Ho, ho, ho. Quiet, you sound like an owl. <laughs> Hello, Jenny. Jenny, this is Lucy Ricardo. Oh, well, it's very nice to hear your voice again, too, dear. I'll tell you why I called. It seems that a friend of mine, Ethel Mertz. What? They did? Ricky and Fred just called her. They did? They didn't. They didn't. (laughs) They did? They did? (gasps) They didn't. Well, did they or didn't? (laughs) Ricky and Fred just asked her to get them dates for Monday night, too. They didn't. They did. Uh... I don't really know what I expected, but, uh... <laughs> it, it was both everything I expected and also a bunch of stuff that I went, oh, right, this time period, I kind of forgot. Yeah, it took me a while to get sort of into that, like, 50s-style comedy where, like, yeah. a man, like, going on and on and on about, like... Yeah. The Do- old ball and chain, like, to, for a man to constantly yeah. be like... I actively a- hate my wife. Yeah, I actively I find her, her disgusting. I was familiar with the trope of, yeah, sitcom couple who, like, talk shit about each other. But this was so much more than I expected. It was harsher right off the bat. Like, at least uh, Lucy and Ricky are a little more... Lucy and Ricky are like competitive with each other. It's yeah, like they're both yeah. trying to get one over on each other, but it's like they're clearly having a lot of fun with yeah. each other. Okay, quickly before we really get into it, though, uh, what were we right about? What were we wrong about? I am very pleased I was right about Fred and Ethel. Oh yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, we weren't wrong about anything uh, except yeah, those sort of sometimes impressions that don't actually come through mm-hmm. in the what we know. But like, yeah, I definitely expected them to go to the nightclub. So just for people who have not seen the pilot to I Love Lucy in a long time, let me give them like a quick recap and then we can just go or... If, yeah, I guess let's just do a quick quick synopsis. Right, yeah. So normally we, would, we do a one-sentence synopsis, but you all know the one-sentence synopsis of I Love Lucy. Like we pretty much said it in the what we know. The one-sentence synopsis of this episode is uh, Lucy and her friend Ethel discuss uh, Ethel's anniversary is coming up and Ethel really wants to go to a nightclub. Lucy suggests we'll trick the boys into going to this nightclub with us. They don't want to go because Fred is a horrible human being who hates enjoying life, I guess, and hates everything his wife enjoys. Uh, Ricky works at a nightclub and doesn't want to go to one his night off. Reasonable. Absolutely Super, super reasonable. Also reasonable to be like, would you make an exception for our friend's anniversary? But like... Yeah. uh, So she says, yeah, we'll really... We're really sweeten the boys up and we'll talk sweet to him. And before they know it, you know, it'll be at a nightclub. Meanwhile, the boys are hanging out, sitting on their asses, not doing anything. The girls were washing dishes, to yeah. be clear. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Fred and Ricky 
are discussing uh, the, the fact that it's Fred's anniversary, which he describes as an 18-year tragedy. And I also, I remember th- that Fred and Ethel were older. I don't know if I, I can't remember now if I said that in what we know. Yeah. But they definitely, I, remember, I thought of them as an older couple, and they definitely are. Yeah. So I think their friendship is built somewhat around living in the same building. Because mm-hmm. they're, in the beginning, like, Lucy's just washing dishes in their apartment, and Ethel is drying them but she is also dressed she's got a, a a kerchief in her hair yeah she's dressed for housework anyway so the boys go well i want to go to a you know fred wants to go to a fight in a steakhouse so we'll sweeten up the girls and convince them to go so then you have a, a ridiculous sequence where all four of them are in the same room and they're all trying to sweeten each other up and just stumbling over each other to try and give each other cigarettes and trying to be super cute to each other but and it's just it's super awkward then it comes out that they disagree about what to do for the anniversary, and they fight. And Lucy declares they'll go to the Night to the Copacabana club. on their own, and the boys will go to the fight on their own. And the the girls are going to get their own dates. Yeah, tall, dark, handsome, younger men. You know. So the the boys. Uh, so Fred gets grumpy. Yeah. And Fred and uh, Ricky go back to Fred's place to drink beer yeah in a very manly fashion out of tall stemmed glasses yeah 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 i mean like i think that having a larger bottle of beer and then pouring it into glasses was more common then than having like individual bottles but still they're like nice glasses and they each have a bottle oh they do there's two oh, bottles with mind. the labels turned toward camera yeah i didn't i couldn't see what the label was but, but i'm like, sure it was yeah, a, yeah. something uh and so just like the sort of the first the first act, there's another uh, parallel running here where yeah. the boys are like talking about what are we going to do and the, the girls are going to go to the nightclub without us. Yeah. We should Fred get- is fine with this, yeah. by the way. Fred is like, who fucking cares? No one will look twice at them. And then Ricky is actually worried. He's like, wait, hold on. I actually like my wife and she's actually hot. What if they get handsome dates and they drink champagne? <laughs> Yeah. And then Fred goes, yeah, good point. After enough champagne, even Ethel might look good. <laughs> I hate my wife. And so in a parallel of what the girls are doing downstairs, they start talking about their address book. Now, Lucy still has her address book. And so it's calling up all of her old boyfriends, even though it was only 11 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Ricky doesn't have his address book anymore. Yes. Because he says Lucy made him burn it as part of an American marriage ritual, which yeah. is just like... <laughs> yeah. I, I had almost forgotten about like, Little black books. Yeah. I mean, Fred jokes that thing was probably worth a mint. You could have sold it. Yeah, and Ricky says, yeah, the A's were worth a hundred alone. <laughs> like, the idea of, like, selling a bunch of women's names and phone numbers. <laughs> Jimmy Christ. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's an episode of Cheers where it's, like, this huge deal that Sam still has his book. Yeah. And uh, Norm and Cliff, like, get their hands on it. And they're like, oh, the, the sacred text. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. What are you two old goofball's gonna do with a bunch of phone numbers and names of women you've never met right so since the boys can't call up any of ricky's old girlfriends ricky is like oh i know a singer at the club where i work i'll call her she knows lots of girls she'll set us up with dates as always happens in sitcom world Lucy and ethel end up calling the same woman who tells them about the boys calling them and Lucy hatches a plan, which is, oh yeah, tell the boys that you've got really, really hot dates for them. Tall, beautiful blondes, great yeah. personalities. Uh, will and then they'll meet. They'll meet uh, the boys at Ricky's apartment at eight o'clock sharp. 
Yeah. We'll handle the rest. Yeah. So that leads into act three, which the boys are waiting. They're wearing their nice tuxedos to go to the Copacabana. The weird thing is that the boys say, Fred says like, well, if you're worried about the girls, we'll just get our own dates and go to the Copacabana. The whole thing was that Fred did not want to go to the Copacabana. It's a little weird that he suggests they do that. And Steph's like, well, we'll get our own dates and go to the fight or whatever. He's like, no, we'll go to the Copacabana just to keep an eye on the girls, you know, our wives. Yeah. So the, the boys are there in their nice tuxedos, and then the the door buzzer rings. Ricky goes over to answer it. The door opens. Oh, my God. I was not expecting it. I, I wasn't either. Like it was, I don't know exactly what I was expecting, but it was not this. I was expecting a, a pina colada situation where it's like, you know, they all say they're getting other dates that are yeah. not their husbands, and then it's just, it's just Lucy and Ethel, and their husbands are like, Oh, these are our hot days. Well, my wife is beautiful. You know, it's going to yeah. be like some sort of Copacabana yeah. situation. And instead, oh my God. Lucy and Ethel are dressed in comical Halloween costumes that, for the record, do not obscure their faces at all. No. I mean, Lucy does have like some of her... She has like one tooth blacked out. She's got a wig, a bl- like a dark wig with bangs and long braided pigtails yeah. and she's wearing like a comical like old to- old-timey country dress with like ruffles and crinolines or whatever yeah they're doing a, they're sort of going for like a uh yeah like like beverly hillbillies like hill yeah. people kind of thing like yes. lucy yes. has a a, a big a jug. comedy jug that has three x's drawn on it yeah and she's like... carrying a jug <laughs> and she i think later she says the place they're from is like hog's corner or something yeah. like that <laughs> And uh, Ethel is dressed as her mother with like an like a an old you know kind of a bun wig and glasses and a an umbrella not a cane weird choice yeah uh, so I immediately think the boys are just gonna laugh and say okay you got us let's just go to the Copacabana but they buy it and so then the girls proceed to be like incredibly aggressive like Lucy keeps ju- jumping on Ricky and like. I was actually like, you got away with this on TV in 1951? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, like, pushing him down on the desk, and, and his like, legs are going in the air, and she's making out with him. Yeah. It's like... It's, it's pretty... It's, like, pretty... And I thought that was the moment. I'm like, oh, he's gonna recognize yeah. her. When she kisses him, he's gonna she know it's his yelling, wife. Nope. She keeps yelling, let's neck! Yeah. <laughs> let's neck! She, like, gets on top of him on the couch. He rolls yeah. over on the floor. She straddles him on the floor... It's, it's it's pretty yeah. ridiculous. Meanwhile, Ethel is doing a, a much milder version of this, just trying to sit in Fred's lap and everything. So ev- eventually, just like to try to get a little space or something, like they, Ricky agrees to play a song for them and plays Guadalajara, like grabs his acoustic guitar and we get like yeah. a full musical number in like full vaudeville comedy style where... Yeah. He's singing and he's got a great voice. Yeah. He's playing guitar well. You know, like it's a great music. But then like Lucy and Ethel are all over them and And like uh, dancing, like very old timey, like yeah. country folk kind of whatever dancing. And you can hear the studio audience just dying. Like yeah. it's infectious. This is why they would film funny stuff in front of live audiences. It's because yeah. like they could build. It's this building crescendo. It's like you can almost not hear what's happening in the show at points of this because the audience is roaring. It's funny because I did not notice the audience laughter. It just felt like it was part of the show where the thing that I hate about a laugh track always 
the the last time I stumbled across a show, like a show that was currently on the air at the time that had a laugh track, I was like, oh my God, this is so stilted. Yeah. Why does anybody do a laugh track? It's like utter silence. Sheldon from Big Bang Theory says something funny and nerdy. And then, <laughs> it's so stilted and awkward. And I'm, was, I'm was the show Big Bang Theory? It might have been. That's why I was like, I don't know if, it, I don't remember if that was the one. The last time it happened to me, I was like, this is so painful. Why yeah. do people still do this? This, it's seamless because they were actually there and yeah. they were actually laughing. They weren't laughing at the parts where someone said and then break for laughter. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it was seamless. I did not even notice it. It's funny that you mentioned it. I went, oh yeah, there was, there was an audience and there was laughter. I didn't even really process it. But yeah, they're, they, he sings a song. They're all dancing and goofing around. Yeah. Then the thing that tips the scales is that someone wants a cigarette yeah. and Lucy forgetting that she's in character goes, no, doesn't go, I'll get one for you. She says, I know where they are. I'll get one for you. She says it out loud and then goes to get it. And Ricky immediately is like, wait a minute. And he goes, oh, I need a glass of water. Fred, come join me. And they go in the kitchen and he's like, Fred, do you know who those two creeps are? <laughs> He's like, absolutely, Fred is like, what? I'd know my wife. And clearly he didn't. Uh, but then they free, they're like, oh, you know how we'll, we'll, we'll twist it around on them. We'll go play the same joke on them. Yeah. And they go back in there and start chasing the women around. And suddenly the women are like, ah, yeah. running away. And they start to leave. The girls start to leave. And they go like, well, nice to meet you, Lucy. Yeah, yeah call us again sometime, Ethel. And they're like, oh. You knew the whole time. And he's like, well, not the whole time. You were pretty convincing. And then it's like, oh, I love you. Let's, you go change and we'll go out. And it's like, oh, everything's resolved. Like a sitcom. And they are going to go to the Copacabana and have a wonderful evening. It cuts to the screen with the, with the silk background yeah. and the heart. And then... Marvel style, credit stinger. They're at the fight and the girls are all dressed to the nines. And they're all like, she's making the disappointed Lucy face. And she's like, oh, happy anniversary, Ethel. That was beautiful. That little end, even though it's dumb. Oh, they went to the fight anyway. Like, I expected it just to end on everything was fine and they went to the club. The end. Yeah, and instead you get this little button where, like, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. I actually really liked that it, it didn't it didn't have a quote-unquote happy end because the, the first characters were introduced to Lucy and Ethel wanting something that they try to get the whole episode and then they don't yeah. get it. Yeah. It's a fun reversal on like what I was expecting from a sitcom that is 70 years old! Yeah, the fact that the sitcom actually surprised us and not just in the uh, like, oh boy, this is more sexist than I remembered or it, it seems close, so cliched now or something that it actually surprised us with a twist at the end. When it's this old and this famous and this copied. Well done, Desilu Productions. It is really interesting mentioning like it being sexist and like sort of the whole like, ah, my wife, I, you know, I hate my wife, blah, blah, blah. Because like, I would be so interested to talk to somebody who experienced this back in the day. And yeah. I'm just like, I would be so curious what their... Like, how this read for somebody watching this originally. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he's intentionally cartoonish, but, like, how that would have read for a 1950s audience, where it's just like... Yeah. yeah it's like, oh, It probably read more Fred. like, we all know a guy like this, yeah. instead of reading, like, oh, this old cliche, yeah. this old creep, you know? Yeah. And, like, th that is something, like, you know, 
thinking about watching other episodes of this, like, I wonder if he's always played that cartoonishly grumpy. Because, like, I, my, my memories of the show, I don't remember him being that broad of an asshole. Wow. Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, the, the character wasn't, like, that antagonistic toward his wife, or at least not, not in my memories of it. No, yeah, I definitely didn't remember him being that aggressive about it. Yeah. I expected some level of the old ball and chain, but right. I didn't expect, like, I'd like to invite you to the commemoration of an 18-year tragedy. Wow, first line. It's uh, Yeah, and it's like, Ooh, I, could right see off a, the bat. I could see a lot of those lines playing a lot funnier if it's like, him and Ricky are like having a beer and he's kind of like an 18 year trend. You know, he's like, he's yeah. joking. He's no, joking he with the guys. genuinely upset. <laughs> yeah, he's delivering it like so deadpan. But not like deadpan humor. It's just no, like. No, no. He's delivering it like he genuinely. Like, yeah, it was, it was more. It was more dark, I guess, than I expected. Yeah, but, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. That, that was definitely more than I expected. Something that I didn't say in the What We Know, but that I had the impression of was that. Lucy and Ricky were not as much like that. That cliche of, I don't actually love my wife. I, my memory of it was that they had genuine affection for each other, even though maybe Lucy did some wacky shit and, and drove him crazy sometimes or whatever. They had real affection for each mm-hmm. other. I was pleased that I was right. You know, like, they, they also can kind of antagonize each other a little, right? Yeah. Like, they, they're the ones, there's a, the whole scene when they're fighting over, well, we're going to go to the fight. Well, we're going to go to the club. And Fred and Ethel are just watching them like a, like yeah. a, they, they might as well have put sound effects, like tennis sound effects yeah. in for as much as they were going back, Lu- head, head back, head forth. And then Lucy, like, escalates it so far. She's like, well, Ethel wants a divorce. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Yeah, that's And then Ethel goes, no, she doesn't. It's like, Ethel's yeah. like, whoa. Whoa, rain it in, rain it in. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, obviously they can antagonize each other. But then when they go down to, to, to Fred's apartment and have a beer, Fred's like, well, he's making plans. He's like, we'll get steaks this thick. His hands are like a foot apart. We'll get a bunch of raw onions all over them. What? I've never heard of that. Grilled onions on the steak, sure, but raw? And he's like, there won't be any women there to tell us we can't eat them. And he's like making plans. He's excited yeah. about this. Ricky's sitting there looking like, but my wife is hot. What if she does find a date? Like, this could be bad. He's the one who's worrying. Yeah. He only brings Eth- uh, Fred around by saying, and then they have some more champagne, like 10 times yeah. <laughs> before Fred goes, yeah, after that much champagne, you know. So... I was pleased to see that, yes, they do have some actual affection for each other. And when she goes, oh, you knew the whole time, he admits, like, well, not the whole time. You were pretty convincing. You really had us. Not going to lie, you had us in the first half. Yeah. Setting up kind of this uh, dichotomy of these two couples where you have the one couple that's, like, very much in love, a little bit younger. Yeah. Excited, kind of like a, almost like a honeymoon phase kind of thing. Yeah. And then you have this older couple that's been together almost 20 years and, it like... Yeah. You know, the, the spark is maybe kind of gone. The passion's kind of gone. And yet, they, like, kind of become friends with this younger couple. And it's like, th- there's a lot of potential for play there in terms of, like, how these relationships could affect each other. Yeah. Even, even if there's no character growth. It's just, yeah. like, the static of where those four people are at. Yeah. Is, I- a, is a really fun playground to play in yeah it it does strike me as kind of surprising i don't know what it was like at the time but for them to choose to make the the the, the couple that they're friends with be so much older other than another young 
attractive couple. Yeah, that is, that is weird that they're, they're friends with a couple who are who is at least ten years older than them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how old they all were at the time, but it it reads that way. Yeah, it seems like they would. Well, at least today, you'd be more likely to have a young couple that's the the center of a sitcom. Well, when I say today, I mean even the last thirty right. forty years, like. You'd expect, you know, a hot young couple, attractive young couple, and then and then the neighbors that they're friends with are also attractive young people. Maybe very different for the odd couple playing off. They're totally different. These two are artists. These two are accountants or something. Right. But you wouldn't expect necessarily this, this age difference. I, I'm, I'm curious, like, what that was, why they made that decision, how that decision came about. Um, I'm actually really curious more about the creation of this show because it's such an iconic show and it's so famous and like we know so much about it just from growing up with yeah. it and growing up in a world where it was influential. But, but how much of what makes that show that show was some something that was intentionally put together and created and being like, yeah. oh, we're going to build this dynamic yeah. and how much of it was like they just got lucky. It was like... The guy playing Fred, they're like, oh, yeah, we know this guy. And he's really funny at this kind of, like, grumpy, yelly guy. Like, that's he's very much a certain kind of archetype oh, in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, like, you know, like, oh, we can work with him. Or, like, you know, like, how how that came together. Because, like, obviously Lucy and Ricky, they're coming into this. Like, they them as a double act is great. Yeah. That whole, the, the musical number is smashing. It's, yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of vaudeville in my day, and like that is some very I've good vaudeville. Of, I've seen a lot of vaudeville in my time. Strangely, to try and travel with you guys, and it's a very good example of the art form. Like they, uh, just the, yeah. the the comedic escalation, the way the scene keeps building and building, and they're working an audience. And even there's the moment where uh, Fred and Ricky are, are are singing almost directly to camera. You could tell that they've yeah. come to the front of the stage. In terms yeah. of, they're singing, they're staring right at the fourth wall. So they're performing to an audience at that point. And it's just building and building and building while Lucy and Ethel are flailing around doing all of their like ridiculous dance and everything. And it's like, I would be really curious to watch more episodes and see how many episodes build up to a... Musical number? <laughs> not, not necessarily a musical number, but like a... a a really big sort of um, physical comedy bit or something, sort of a stage comedy bit. Yeah. You know, I I can remember... It's odd that I don't remember there being things like that in I Love Lucy, but it also could be that I just... That was part of the world of the show. Because it didn't feel like we had suddenly switched into this new thing when that whole musical number happened. It felt very natural for those characters in that room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The thing that I was kind of working towards that that I'm really curious about is that when we think of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, we think of I Love Lucy. Right. But they were already famous. Like, or they were already known. Like, she was already a movie star. Yeah. Like, this was already a thing. I know that she uh, had, I think she even had another TV show before this. You don't just get a sitcom based on your life when you're nobody. So, I, I don't know, it's just like, I'm like, I, I we think of this as like, this is what they're famous for, but like, they got this, It was, there was already a Desi Lu Productions to make the show, like, mm-hmm. 
That was already a thing. If you're not familiar, that's the name of their production company. They also made the original Star Trek, fun fact. So, like, I don't know. It's just, it's so weird to think about this as, like, to them, this was just a new thing they were trying in careers that already existed. Yeah. And we're watching it as sort of, this is the beginning of this huge thing. I mean, I was, I, the whole time I kept expecting them to cut to the Copacabana and then they were there and they were going to have dates and then the guys were going to have dates and comedic shit would happen on the dance floor. But like, that's way too big a scene for the pilot of a new sitcom in 1951. Well, I, I wasn't expecting that from this just because my memories of this is like, everything happens in the apartment. I'm sure that there are scenes of Desi, uh, of, of Ricky, at the club leading his band. Oh, I remember yeah. scenes like that from when I was a kid. Yeah. But it makes sense they're not going to do that in the first episode. I mean, this was very economical as as the first episode of a new 1950s sitcom. There are three sets and four actors done. Yeah. That's it. Which I think is one of the key strengths of this pilot is that it's so focused that we actually get to spend a lot of time with everybody, even though this is, you know, a half hour. Yeah. I feel like I have a really good sense of every one of the four leads not as much of ethel but all four of the leads really that i know who this person is i know what makes them tick i kind of know i have an idea of the kinds of situations that are going to happen with this character being involved right yeah this was a smashing pilot though in terms of like sometimes you see like the beginning of a long-running like much beloved phenomenon and you're kind of like okay i can see some bits of what made this huge later but like this definitely, like, right out the gate, the, the four leads have chemistry with each other. They yeah. all seem to enjoy playing these characters in this space. Yeah. And then the the big finale musical number is, like... Yeah, the way it sort of builds to that finale, it's so strong that all four of these actors play off each other so well in that space. Yeah. And, I mean, I know Fred's been getting a lot of hate from us just because he is a cartoonish misogynist in the 1950s husband yeah. trope style. But... Him as part of that scene is hysterical because he's a very high status, very uh, serious character. You know, he's he's the uh, he's definitely the straight man of of this quartet. Yeah. And suddenly he's singing along with Guadalajara yeah. to try to get closer to Ricky to get away from the girls. Like, yeah. it's hysterical because like he's obviously not a singer. He's not a performer. Like his character is just a more serious guy. But yeah. he's like, oh, I'm going to sort of try to act like I'm a singing too. And he's yeah. like, ay, 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 like, And then, yeah, they're doing the ay, ay, ay. And then he looks at the girls and goes, ay, ay, ay. You know? yeah. yeah, exactly. Like that gumbo of mixing these four personalities together yeah. is really strong right at the beginning. And you can see how this became a beloved thing. It's not a first episode, like the first episode of Cheers is like, okay, yeah, it's this bar and everybody sort of likes each other. But I think what made Cheers so lovable over the years is getting to know these characters and sort of sinking into this world and the comfortability of that. And there's not a lot of that in the first episode because it's all about getting Diane into the bar. And so there's this whole subplot with her ex-boyfriend who doesn't become a regular character. Oh, yeah. So you spend I don't remember a lot, that at all. Yeah, you spend a lot of time dealing with a character who is not a part of the Cheers world. You're talking about Cheers a lot for an episode about I Love Lucy's Cheers. <laughs> it's an interesting point of comparison for me because of 
the fact that I Love Lucy is so influential and it's something that was influenced, but it's a little closer to I Love Lucy than, you know, something modern. Also, whenever I bring up Arrested Development, we both get uncomfortable. So I'm just trying to, I'm trying to keep it in a happy place, Sarah. This is the cozy comfort season. Yes. Okay. I appreciate your decision. And it's, I got, is it that much closer to, when did, when did Cheers start? Uh, 1983? It's a little closer. Yeah, I mean, it's roughly halfway between I Love Lucy and now. I, I don't, I don't like it, but fine. <laughs> Before we get into the segments, I wanted to just make one more point that really stuck out to me. Lucy is the one who gets goofy and makes crazy faces and wears a ridiculous costume and gallops around and is ridiculous. And Ricky is the one who wears a tux and sings a song and looks cute. I think I kind of knew that that was part of the thing, you know, Lucy being goofy, obviously that's a huge part of the show. But it was just like, ah, so nice to see in such an old show where Ethel and Fred are playing such broad tropes of like, I hate my spouse and I'm the little woman who just wants a nice anniversary and I just want to go to a nightclub and have a nice evening. And he's like, yeah, if I have to be married to this broad, I guess I'll go get a steak and see some guys punch each other. And meanwhile, we have the less con- conventional dynamic of Ricky wearing, you know, wearing a cute outfit and singing a song and being adorable and Lucy being cartoonish and ridiculous. I mean, we don't see Lucy looking glamorous or pretty until that last shot where they're at the fight and they're all dressed up to go to the nightclub. In the very first scene when Ethel and Lucy are in the uh, kitchen doing dishes, they both have kerchiefs in their hair. But Lucy's is like six times bigger than Ethel's and it's like sticking up off of her head. And she's wearing this huge house coat. It's yeah. like enormous, way too big for her. It doesn't actually look like it would be comfortable to do chores in. And when she comes in and she's trying to be all sweet to Ricky and Ricky's trying to be sweet to her because they're trying to warm up to warm each other up to their suggestion about where to go. He's like, oh, come sit in my lap. And she's like, all right. And the the huge house coat is just going everywhere. She comes right off of the bat like, hello, I'm comedy. Yeah. And that was that was something I did not expect to be so pronounced in the first episode. That was it was nice. It was very nice. Mountains of misdirected misogyny aside i <laughs> you were working on that the whole time i was talking weren't you possibly <laughs> i did have scared. a very i did have a very cozy time with this yeah oh i we, we both laughed out loud yeah. multiple times like genuinely enjoyed different moments of this episode i yeah there, I, i'm trying to i'm sure there were so many other moments where i went oh my gosh that's a thing the, the theme song yeah so iconic that title card with the silk and the heart god how many times have i seen that parodied Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of astonishing how how much of the show is just like part of the fabric of our lives or something i don't know it's it's cotton man it's the fabric of our lives moving on to our first (laughs) segment save me from myself i'm in a spiral which we like to call Where did the money go? This is a segment where we just like to talk about a little bit of the behind the scenes uh, economics, I guess, of TV. 
<laughs> I'm really making this sound fun. But uh, where was the money spent? Was there one big thing they shelled out for? Or was it all pretty evenly spread out? So, strangely, this segment is kind of your baby. What do you think? You know, I have the instinct to want to say that they, you know, they've constructed some pretty good looking sets for the homes. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if these were actually repurposed from another production. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They just look so... But again, this is the iconic nature of that show. Yeah. That do they look so iconic and stereotypical 1950s TV yeah. because of how iconic the show is? Yeah. Or is it because they just, you know, bought the set from Married with Children or what, you know, some other... I don't, I don't know Married a lot of children? sitcoms. They Married with Children? Married with Children was from the 80s, my they dear. They bought a used set from Cheers. Yeah. And they, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like they just repurposed something that yeah. was like on the um, the yeah, studio no, lot. No, absolutely. It, it could have been a set that a hundred pilots were shot on. Yeah. But just they moved the furniture around and changed some things. Now, I, I feel like the three sets that we see, the, the Ricardo's living room and kitchen, and then the Mertz's, Fred and Ethel Mertz, does that just sound like a 50s sitcom couple? Or is it only because this show? I don't know. But... Yeah, I, th- I felt like all three of these sets were completely generic. They could have totally... I, we could watch the second episode right now, and I probably wouldn't notice if they moved all the furniture around. As long as it was still the couch, the chair, the desk in that living room, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't notice if they completely redecorated them. They're not... The, it, it's, set, it's set dressing yeah. in the in the, in the the metaphorical sense of the term. It, you barely notice it. It's just in the background. Not to discredit the work of set dressers what you do is very important but in this case it, yeah it was just it was in the background you don't notice it yeah this is not a brand new construction bridge of the enterprise d right exactly yeah. no no this is this is i think the most money they spent was probably just that one last little shot because they had to get the two the two girls all dolled mm-hmm. up with the hair and makeup and jewelry and, and all the extras at the fight and yeah. then all the extras at the fight that's probably the most expensive thing. That one shot probably costs more than setting up the entire kitchen, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's time for our next segment, which we like to call... Cliffs and Chips! Uh, this segment is normally where we would talk about any cliffhangers we are predicting for, like, a season finale or a series finale down the road, or just any predictions we have for how the show is going to play out, and any ships relationships who would like to see flourish romantic or otherwise it doesn't really apply to a show we know so much about but i don't know what do you, do you have any thoughts on that subject yeah i mean the way this show is structured it doesn't really lend itself to ongoing plot lines yeah i i ship lucy and ricky controversial take whoa <laughs> at the same time though i do wonder with such gifted comics working like it would be interesting to watch through I Love Lucy in order and see if they put in little callbacks, you know, just because mm-hmm. that seems like such a thing that people who do funny stuff would do, you know, because it, it'd be very easy to write a, a callback joke later on where they're like, do you remember my last anniversary? Oh, yeah, we went to that great boxing match. Well, we wanted to go to the Copacabana. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like that works in isolation as like a yeah. funny non sequitur. And that's something that would be interesting to me. But in terms of, yeah, Cliffs and Ships, I got nothing. I really like Lucy and 
uh, Ricky's relationship. Yeah. Well, and we only see four characters and they're two married couples, so right. there's really nowhere to go with that. I would like it if Fred and Ethel got maybe a little less antagonistic. Or at least he was less, like, aggressively against his wife's existence. <laughs> Even changing his delivery yeah, would Yeah, of help. the same lines. Just yeah. saying them kind of like jokes would lighten the mood a bit. And, you know, that's the kind of thing you sometimes tweak between a first and a second episode. I mean, they did have that unaired pilot, but it could be the kind of thing that gets tweaked over the first season. Yeah. Um, I would like to see that. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all you can say in terms of ships. So, shall we? When I was just a little podcaster, I asked my mother, What will this show be? This is a segment where we talk about what ideas we might have for what the shape of the show is. A lot of times in a pilot, they're so busy setting up character relationships and bringing a group of people together or whatever that you're... Your actual day-to-day is going to be entirely different. I mean, the example we love to make, bring up is Lost Girl. The pilot is all about a war between two fairy factions. And the second episode, she's like, I'm starting a detective agency. You know, did not see that coming. But, yeah, I don't know that there's... Again, this this we came up with this segment based on more recent shows. And I think with an early show like this, it might not apply as much. Yeah, looking at this... And trying to think of, like, uh, setting up some sort of day-to-day. Yeah. Unlike a modern show with a 1950s show, it's just sort of like everything hits a hard reset at the end of the episode. Like, yeah. even that little button where they end up going to the fights and the girls are still mad. Yeah. Surprised us so much because we were just expecting the hard reset. Of everybody's fine. Yeah, it's, it's almost like old sitcoms are a time loop episode. Yeah. Every episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, every episode of this is going to be some sort of wacky misunderstanding or, well, you know, like, sort of co- competitive thing. Literally, if an hour ago you had made a joke to me or someone had made a joke to me about, you know, it's like a classic I Love Lucy episode. The girls want to go to a nightclub and the boys want to go to a boxing match. So they try and one-up each other until crazy shenanigans happen. I would not have gone, oh, is that a literal description of an episode? I half would have expected, oh, that's just someone coming up with the sort of thing that would happen on an episode of I Love Lucy, and here it is. I think, uh, yeah, uh, maybe if we'd watched the actual original pilot, it would have been different. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe in the original pilot, the girls wanted to go to the garden store, and the boys wanted to go to the hardware store. I don't know. I keep not having a good place to mention this. Uh, This is just a fun historical fact to me that it feels like such a weird thing that the boys want to go to a boxing match. Yeah. But in the 1950s, boxing was still more popular than football. Yeah. Like if this was written now, it would absolutely be football. Yeah. But like that is very much like... At least it would have been a competitive... Well... I was going to say team sport, you know, right. basketball game, depending on how much, what, what tone they want to go with the right. characters. But yeah, definitely not a boxing match. Right. But like at the time, I believe boxing was the most popular uh, spectator sport in the United States. I did not know that. But also, yeah, going to a boxing match does seem more old timey. Yeah. Than, than now. I, I don't recall exactly when the shift was, but I know for like the bulk of the first half of the 20th century it was boxing was America's most popular sport. And then at some point, uh, baseball took over. But in terms of being a thing that you would go to as a really big event 
mm-hmm. for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Boxing still had a lot of a lot of pull. Uh, that's just a, a little interesting historical fact. Perfect lead-in for our next segment, which just has such a Pokemon Arena battle name. I choose you. This is the segment where we pick our favorite character, who we want to see more of, who like tickled our funny bone the most, who we found the most delightful. Obviously, limited characters to choose from. I really like that guy in the boxing scene who was like up to the left. Damn it, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> Damn uh, honestly, for me, it's Ethel. Really? Just because she's a little bit more understated. Mm-hmm. She's clearly hamming it up and having a great time. But you're like, you're next to Lucille Ball. Yeah. She knew her place. <laughs> yeah. but at the You same, don't upstage Lucy. I, as a double act, like her and Lucy, I just, yeah. I think there's a lot of potential there. And I think of the three leads in this, Ethel gets the least amount of room to breathe. Four which, leads. Oh, sorry. Fred's just not a person to me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're right. He's a walking lump of stereotypes. Yeah. But of the four leads in this, Ethel gets the least amount of room to sort of breathe and like have her own funny bits. Agreed. And I I vaguely remember there being episodes of this where Ethel gets so wacky that even Lucy is like, whoa, Ethel, slow down. (laughs) You know, like, do you kind of like, that seems like a kind of gag that would happen in this show. And yeah. I want to see, I would want to see more of that. As soon as I said, like, we don't have a lot of room to go with this, I immediately then went, you know, I think actually my answer is Ricky. Mm-hmm. Like, for some reason. I mean, we get plenty of Lucy in this episode, and we know we're going to get plenty of Lucy in every episode. Right. But I, I'm, I'm sort of like, yeah, no, I, I, I can't wait to see an episode where Ricky pulls off some crazy stunt or does something really goofy or something like that. Well, and he gets the most emotional depth in this pilot. I That's think. very true. You're right. You know, everyone's kind of one note, but Ricky has the nice little thing where he kind of starts to think about that he might lose Lucy. Yeah. Like, shit gets a little real for him in the way that it doesn't for everybody else. Yeah. And... It's like it's, Lucy is just... All of this is just because she's feeling competitive. Yeah. She's decided to take up Ethel's banner. Yeah. And she just runs with it. And, yeah, no, I agree. It's... He definitely has more uh, range of emotions in this episode than anyone else does. I'm feeling a range of emotions about our next segment, Sarah. (laughs) Normally we use this upcoming segment to talk about people that we recognize, but it's hard to want to say, Hey, Becca. When you're watching a show with only four leads. Yeah. There's nothing really to say in this segment. It's, it's Lucille Paul and Des Arnaz. From I Love Lucy. The, you know, from I Love Lucy, yes. And uh, I did comment that uh, Vivian Vance, who plays Ethel, has a great, like, golden age of Hollywood actress name. Yes. Vivian Vance, come on. Y- your name is Vivian Vance. You have two career choices. You are either an actress in the 50s or you are a love interest in a, in a comic book. Like, those are your options. Yeah. You're either dating Superman or... You're either dating Superman or pretending to date Superman. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, Sarah, I think it's time for our... Final verdict. This is the segment where we answer the question. Did this pilot, slash first episode, do the job of a pilot, slash first episode, and make you want to watch more? Strangely? It's a strong first episode. I'm not 
champing at the bit to watch more I Love Lucy. This it was really fun to revisit kind of yeah. this time and place. You know, if if I was hanging out with someone and I mentioned that I recently watched the first episode of this, and they're yeah. like, Oh, I love Lucy, I've been mean about you know, I would be like, Oh yeah, let's watch some more, you know, find it on Acorn or whatever the heck. Uh but, Acorn. Uh, <laughs> it's a British streaming series. <laughs> uh find it on Maple Leaf or you know <laughs> We'll find it on Oak. <laughs> We'll uh, find it streaming on Cashew. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this this is not something where I want more of this right now. Yeah. In the same way that other shows have hit me recently. Yeah, I, I think I'm exactly on the same page. And part of it is because, to its credit, that was a perfect encapsulation of what I Love Lucy is. Yeah. Or what it, it's, what it is to me in my ideas of it. It was like, yes, there were wacky shenanigans. Lucy wore a crazy costume and made faces. De- uh, Desiree sang a song. Uh, and yeah, and then everyone was fine at the end. Like, it, that's it. That's what you want. I'm not left wanting more. It was the furthest possible thing from, you know, binge culture. I don't think you could binge a show like this. It would feel repetitive. Because I think too much of the same happens in each episode. And, you know, this is me. Obviously, I haven't watched any of the other episodes since I was a child. But I get the impression that that's the kind of thing. It was designed for a time when there were very few options on TV. And you sat down after dinner or whatever and you watched I Love Lucy and you laughed at Lucy's shenanigans. And then, you know, you went to bed. I'm even thinking back over this first episode. You've just made me think of it that... There's so much mid-roll expo log in case you just joined us. Like, they reset up the central conflict yeah. as every scene opens. Like, whatever would have been them coming back from commercial break or, yeah. or coming back to You're a right. scene. It's like, well, the girls are going to the nightclub without us. You know, it's like, That's he knows. Like, we'll go to the steakhouse and get steak. Yeah. And, yeah. It's like, he knows. He was just there, Fred. You know, it's funny. It, it's well done, It's almost like though. a radio it play. It didn't feel super repetitive yeah. when, when we were watching it. Yeah, but you're, you're totally right. And also, there was a lot of just the kind of general setup stuff like, well, come with the, come with me to my apartment downstairs, Ricky, and we'll talk about this. Like, right, because I live in the building in case you missed why we're here. It, it would start to feel repetitive if you watched too many episodes in a row. Absolutely. That's the joy of a thing like this is that, as you said, it's a very complete experience. We enjoyed it very much. Mm-hmm. And if more I Love Lucy is in front of my eyeballs at some point in my future, I'll be stoked. You know what I would totally do is we've said this before about other shows. If there was a blog somewhere where someone had written like the the top 10 I Love Lucy episodes in chronological order so you can get some sense of the passage right. of time or whatever. Or even the 20... I don't know how many episodes there are of I Love Lucy, but I, I think there's a lot. Actually, I have no idea how long it ran. But I feel like they have a kid at one point, right? Yeah, is it like Ricky Jr. or yeah. something like that? Yeah. Right? Isn't there? like? And they might have done like a speed up, like she's pregnant one season and then he's five years old in the next season or something like that. Yeah. But, I yeah, I... I would do that. I would be interested in seeing where the show goes over time, but I feel like watching the entire first season possibly would start to feel like, oh, another misunderstanding. Lucy has made another funny face. Lucy put on another funny hat. You know, I, I, I might be wrong. Someone who loves the show and binges it all the time, feel free to, to tell me I'm totally wrong. But yeah, I, I think I'd be more interested in watching like, you know, 
the top 20 episodes in chronological order and seeing kind of where the show goes. Like, let's watch the one where they work at a chocolate factory. Let's watch the one where Lucy steps on grapes, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's watch the one where Desi sings that song that's like, bum, 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 bum. that means I love you. For some reason, that's stuck in my head for all of time. I hope it's actually from the show and I'm not misremembering, but... Uh, misremembery. <laughs> it could be a character, a recurring character on this podcast. Misremembery comes out and she's like, Hey, remember that episode Ding. of I Love Lucy where they get thrown out of the bank because they're trying to pay their bills in pies? I misremembery and I just remembered that. I thought we were, you were, I mean, like, one of us would say something and it'd be like, ding, hi, Miss Remembery here. Actually, that was from an episode of Cheers. Hi, Miss Remembery here. The That Means I Love You sequence was actually from the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour, a collection of 13 black and white one-hour specials, which aired between 1957 and 1960. <laughs> well, any final thoughts on I Love Lucy, Sarah? I think that says it all. I would love to watch, like, top 20 most iconic episodes, but I'm not really champing at the bit to binge it. All right. Not champing at the bit to binge it. That could be like a... Not champing at the binge. Not champing at the binge! And on that note... (laughs) Bye! Pilot House is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Thanks for listening to Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com, or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future topics. Please share this episode with someone or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported, so thanks to our special guest stars, Cynthia, Tina, and Juniper. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production.